Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, August 25th, 2023, and this is day 1983 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we adore you. We honor you and glorify you. We praise you and thank you so much with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you, Lord, for sending us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth and to equip us with the power we need to function while on this earth and fulfilling the purpose that you've given us. I thank you, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today is typically update uh, for T-Zone Day, uh, but uh, the Lord has given me a subject that we need to discuss that I'm going to forego T-Zone. Just I'll let you know that we did have our graduation last Saturday. It was amazing, and the youth are uh, doing great, and we will be um, back with them uh, October uh, doing Saturday sessions, and we will be doing after-school sessions. So just to give you that, but let me dive into the Word of God because this is something the Lord put on my heart and has been stirring up in me all morning. So let me get to what God has given us for today. Today's message is Before I Die. We really struggle so much, so often about death and death is inevitable. Uh, Of course, unless we're here uh, when the rapture takes place and and I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm going to be coming out of John chapter 19 verses 16 through 27. John 19, 16 through 27. And this is when Jesus uh, was to be crucified and he had already been turned over um, to uh, the evil people that wanted to crucify him. Um, he had been flogged, he had been beaten, all these things had taken place. And now when we go to verse 16, it says, finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. And it says, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had notice, had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign for for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priest of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. 
When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garments. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, which is John, standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. And I'm going to end it there. Uh, This was just telling some of the things Jesus did before he died. So, point number one. There is one very important subject we all need to talk about, but because of the sensitivity of the topic, we tend to shy away from it, and that's death. We all know it's going to happen, as I said before, unless, you know, we the rapture takes place before we die. It's extremely emotional to discuss. Now at the ripe age of 64, uh, death is extremely, uh, well, I'm sorry, at the age of 64 for me, uh, death is becoming more relevant. Not that I'm rushing things. I I plan to be here uh, several more years to live a healthy, long life. But the older I get, the more important time is to me. Uh, Than making the best of my time, not wasting time. Making sure I'm doing the things God would have me to do it the way he would have me to do it. I, as a matter of fact, you know, the older I get, the more funerals and home goings I find myself attending. And in some cases, I'm eulogizing them. It is quite amazing as we go through life, how things change and how it is important to talk about death. Point number two, Jesus, however, teaches us through his experience with death, to be ready. He took action in preparation of his death. He shows us clearly how we should handle death and what we should be doing before we die. Here's some of the things that I, uh, that the Holy Spirit gave me. One, he told his disciples on a regular basis that he was going to die. And they didn't really want to hear it, you know, just like us. We don't want to hear that. The doctor gives a diagnosis that says you don't have long to live. We don't want to hear that, right? Um, Or, you know, if we know that um, uh, we're feeling it in our spirit that it's about time to go and we're getting our things in order. um, and, And it's like people don't want to accept it because they love us. And we've gotten used to being with each other. God has blessed us so abundantly to be together. And then he says, okay, now it's time for you to come home with me to transition. 
Uh, it is, you know, for him, his disciples never really wanted to receive that. They were like, no, what? You know, and he was always preparing them. He knew that he came to this earth to accomplish uh, a purpose and then die. And he died at 33 years old. Second, he told them that when he left, the comforter would come. So he wouldn't leave them and us alone. He said the comforter would come and carry out the rest of the mission, basically. Teaching us and leading us and and helping us to remember things and uh, equipping us with power so that we can go out and do the will of God. As a matter of fact, when he uh, he told his disciples uh, to go and wait in the upper room uh, and, until the Holy Spirit came upon them before going out and even beginning ministry. And, and so he wants us to be prepared and to do things decently and in order. Third, he prepared, prepared them to carry out the ministry. You know, he taught them. And they were regular people like us, just a ragtag group. <laughs> and all of them were entrepreneurs in one way or another. They were business people. And, you know, it just reminds me of all of us, you know, whether we have our own businesses or not. We are in one way or another business minded. We have to be in order to do the things that God has given us to do. Then fourth, he spent time with them. Uh, when he died and rose up from the grave, he spent 40 days with them before returning to the Father. He further prepared them uh, and uh, made sure they were ready to carry out the legacy. Fifth, he made arrangements for John to take care of his mother while hanging on the cross, while suffering. He made sure that his mother was taken care of. We too should do the same, making sure, you know, that the ones we leave behind, our children, you know, our spouses, uh, our families, you know, whoever it is that, that God puts on our heart to make sure that they too are taken care of. Six, he told them and us to not let our hearts be troubled and that he was preparing a place for us. So he's preparing a mansion for us in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. You know, he says in that we know the way to the place he is going. And the way is through him, through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me, Jesus says. We know the way. And that way is through him, through salvation. Knowing him as our Lord and Savior. Seventh, he forgave the criminal next to him while hanging on the cross, even while suffering and pain himself, taking on the sins of the whole world. He took time out to forgive. And the criminal asked for forgiveness. He knew he wasn't worthy. We too need to get things straight before we leave this earth. We need to make sure we forgive and we need to make sure that we forgive others. We don't want to hold that. We need to let that go immediately because that hinders us, that blocks us from fully doing what God would have us to do. As a matter of fact, uh, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. So that leaves us in a 
a dangerous state of mind, a dangerous state where we're unforgiven. If we're not forgiven, we can't be with the Lord. Eighth, he gave us the book of Revelation. He gave us the whole word, but he gave us the end. What was going to happen in the book of Revelation? And he says, blessed is the person that reads this book and hears the words of this book and obeys it. Letting us know where we would go uh, if we're saved. If we serve him, we'll go to heaven. And if we choose not to serve him, we go to hell. He tells us he didn't create hell for us. He created it for Satan and the third of the angels that followed him in disobedience to God. But anybody else that follows him, they too will go to hell. He makes it extremely clear. That's what we need to do. Before we leave this earth, we need to be about our Father's business and making sure people know Jesus, making sure every opportunity that we have, whether we're going to the grocery store, going on a trip, uh, tucking our kids in at night, uh, talking to uh, friends and relatives, having lunch with someone, when the Holy Spirit says, tell them about Jesus, you know, it's, it's time. Don't hold back. Let them know. And our actions should be uh, exemplifying the Lord at all times. Of course, we're going to slip sometimes. We're human. But God knew that. And that's why he gave us this amazing opportunity to repent when we do mess up. Here are some things we need to do to prepare. Do you have a will? It is so important that we leave a will for our loved ones. I think about recently in the news, they talked about Aretha Franklin not having a will and how they found one written down, uh, something she had written. It was in the in the couch cushions and her family members, her children were struggling and fighting about, you know, who gets what. It is really important to make it clear who gets what, you know, whatever it have you have. You might say, I don't have anything. I don't have much. But there are things, you know, that they need to know how, you know, how do you want to be taken care of uh, when you are preparing to leave this earth? Second, do you have a durable power of attorney of attorney? This is something I recently learned about. I know that whenever I go to the doctor's visits with my husband or when he's getting ready to have any kinds of surgeries, they would always say, do you have a... um, medical power of attorney. Now I've learned about the durable power of attorney. I would Google that. And and I recently went online and and found a template and, and completed one. And now I need to get witnesses to sign off on it. But it is really important for your loved one. I know someone right now that, you know, they're having a really hard time because their family member didn't have, they didn't have that. Now they can't make decisions for the person because they're not they're they're not able to make decisions for themselves now and you know that's a really hard place to be in so it's very important that we prepare uh, third do you have a burial plan do you have um a way that you want to exit when you die do you want to be cremated do you want to be buried how do you want to be handled what what you know and and that'll make it easier for those who are still alive so that they're, they feel like they're doing it the way you want it done. Fourth, do you have life insurance? 
you know, even if it's, it doesn't have to be a lot, just enough maybe to take care of the expenses so that you don't leave a burden on others and others scrambling, trying to raise money, uh, you know, going and asking other people to please donate for uh, your funeral. Uh, You know, it's hard enough when you lose a loved one as it is and then have to go out and figure out how we're going to take care of it. So we have that responsibility while we're still here, just as Jesus teaches us. I'll never forget when living um, in, uh, we were, my husband and I in our 20s, rented my grandmother's house. And on her block were several people that were, around her age at that time, they were older, you know, and they're anywhere from their 70s to 90s. I mean, they were, and they were the pillars of that neighborhood. They kept the neighborhood up. I mean, everyone's home and yard was just pristine. It was very nice and very well taken care of. And that generation was something else, I'll tell you. I remember my neighbor at that time, Miss Kirby, uh, she must have been in like her 80s or 90s and just as spry as could be. She had a little convertible Mustang or a car similar to it. And she would drive to the grocery store and to church and home. She probably had 10 miles on that car. <laughs> and one day she uh, invited me over and I, I went in her house and her house was just impeccable. It was so clean and neat and beautiful. And I always remember that. And I remember her taking me to her bedroom. And I didn't understand, you know, she's always, come in here, baby, let me show you this. And I'm like, okay. And uh, her room was just bed made up, crisp and perfect. And uh, she has a beautiful dresser and she opens this drawer. And she says, and then in it is laid out just pressed and pretty an outfit laid out taking up the whole drawer and she says this is what I'm going to be buried in and I thought oh my goodness I felt really awkward at that moment and I'm thinking buried and she said you know this is what I'm going to be buried in and she had it all planned out and what you know she had her burial plot paid for People during that time, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-love, I should say, she too, and my my father-in-love, all of them that have passed on on my husband's side, they all had everything laid out and paid for and ready. Same with the same with Miss Kirby. I remember going in her kitchen and her stove looked so perfect, like it never been used, you know, (laughs) and she would clean everything and she would save her foil. I've shared this story with y'all before. She would rinse it out and save it. She was extremely wise and uh, thrifty in a way, but yet beautiful things. So thrifty doesn't mean that you are um, uh, cheap. Uh, She was just wise. She she went through the Great Depression. She understood what it was like uh, to not have. And she wanted to make sure that she did things decent and in order to leave a, a legacy behind. She had a son that I knew of, and I remember telling her how much <clears throat> I just loved her dining room table set. It was beautiful. It was wood, real wood, chairs, just 
unique and pretty. And I would say maybe a few months later, her son comes over and lets me know that she had died. And she died sitting in her favorite chair. She died in her sleep. And he knew exactly what to do. And then he said, she wanted you to have her table and gave me her dining room table and chairs. And I thought, how kind of this amazing woman to think of me. And so many, I've had several encounters like that over the last several years. My neighbor across the street, before she died, she called me over one day and she said, I'm giving out all the things to the people I want to give them out to now while I'm alive. I don't want people fighting over my things when I die. And I thought, oh man. And she said, I want to give you this. And she gave me a beautiful fur coat. And uh, I was just amazed and like, oh, you don't have to. She goes, nope, nope, nope. And then back in those days, that's what they did. They wore beautiful fur coats. And then I would say, Within the year, she passed on. I encourage you today to make sure that you, and I'm speaking to myself too, this has been a great awakening for me when the Lord showed me this based upon things that I'm seeing. And and, it, and he just put it heavily on my heart to, to let people know to be ready. Now, let me tell you the most important thing, if you don't do anything else, the number one important thing you need to do to be ready is to know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. If you don't have a will, if you don't have a durable power of attorney, if you don't have a life insurance, this is your life insurance. This is your durable uh, power of attorney. This is your will, your legacy to know Jesus as your Savior. That is ensures you to be with Jesus for eternity. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That, my friends, is the ultimate. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about life skills and workforce skills and entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human and sex trafficking awareness, along with DIY projects. We are extremely grateful to each and every one of you for your prayers and your support and your donations. You are truly a blessing and we thank you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.